I have a question for God or the universe or whatever. And this is my reasoning behind my question. Everybody knows armpits have hair. And everybody knows that the two ugly spots have hair. Following this logic, shouldn't the back of your knees have hair? I knew you were going to go there. Like really, really long hair, like... Really, really hairy people like Spencer probably have, like, fine hair. But I'm saying, like, long, straggly, pube-like hair. No. Why? Not <laughs> <Well>, this one. <laughs> <laughs> they both just checked. <laughs> well, I mean, I barely have Wait, hair on, the on like, my inner thighs. Like, for some reason, there's no, just no, two I'm parts. No, I'm saying, like, I know, your armpit like... has long-ass hair. Why not? I mean, that's you. Knees. Okay, but... But the question still stands. Yes. You have armpit hair. Why don't you have knee pit hair? Yes. And this is why some of us have facial hair. To, to cover up the ugly. It's where you were good. No. So you're like... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. <laughs> like, that was a good joke, but that's not where I was going. <laughs> yeah, fine. I think it's because God knew the same reason that he knew men would look weird without nipples... Humans shouldn't have hair at their kneecaps or mm. and their knee pits. And yet we grow it out our nose and ears. Why? 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 Well, in other the news, inner... this week, Jacob has discovered nose hair trimmers. Tune in next week for the next grooming tool uh, review. Dick and balls. <laughs> Just going to pull out a fucking weed whacker. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. I mean, Spencer, yeah, you Yeah, try being me. <laughs> gotta spend until Fucking like, machete man. Gotta spend like four hours of my life every week. Yeah. Spencer in the shower is like those movies in the jungle where they have a machete and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Why, but I can't make that might cost more than a ton. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to the Dive Comic Bros Podcast. Welcome, welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Colin, joined by Spencer. Yeah. And Jacob. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so in the news, Sony released the second trailer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, on YouTube. Uh, I bet $10 that Colin didn't watch it because I didn't either. Nope. Cool. It was fine. Wow. I saw a scene... And Venom was a little bitch boy until he was told that he could eat everyone. It's fine. I I do hope it is okay. I really do. It, but it, you know, whatever. Carnage design ones looks solid. Cletus Cassidy literally bites Eddie Brock's finger. It's like ah, give me your blood. So they're kind of adapting the whole. That's why Carnage is red and angry thing. I guess I don't know. Did he actually make the la 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 sound effect? Pretty pretty close. I am excited for Carnage. Mm, I'm not too excited. I'm not excited. I'm just. I hope it's. I do hope it's good. I'm just not getting excited. That's yeah, I, I hope it's all right. I hope it's decent. Well, from StarWars.com, Disney Plus announced the second season of the critically acclaimed animated series Star Wars: The Bad Batch, which will launch in 2022. Fans have enthusiastically embraced the action and drama of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. And we are excited to see the Star Wars animated universe continue to expand on Disney Plus," said Michael Paul, president of Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. 
As the dedicated streaming home for the Star Wars franchise, we can't wait for the second season of this fan-favorite animated series. The entire Lucasfilm animation team and I would like to thank Disney Plus and our fans for the opportunity to continue telling the story of The Bad Batch, added, added by executive producer Dave Filoni. Yay. This is all I have to say. Yes. Yep. Yay. Please don't go past three seasons. Uh, yes. Uh, viewers or listeners... Though we may seem unenthusiastic about the show, it's because it's just, we, we all we blew expect- our load earlier this week when we found out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we expected this. Yeah, to this happen was expected. Anyway. I want to talk about this more, but I'll wait until we talk about this week's episode. From ScreenRant.com, rumored Blue Beetle actor Scolo Menduina has teased his role in the upcoming film with new images on his social media. The young actor got his start with a main role on the hit television series Parenthood on NBC. Since 2018, he has starred as Miguel Diaz on the hit series Cobra Kai, a spin-off sequel series to the Karate Kid trilogy. Cobra Kai has been a critical and audience hit, recently earning an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Comedy Series. In February 2021, it was reported that a Blue Beetle film was being developed with Charm City Kings director Angel Manuel Soto helming the project. The film is reportedly set to be one of many DC films set to premiere exclusively on HBO Max alongside Batgirl. So something that is... I have two points on this one. Uh, One, very nice that they're getting um, an actual, you know, authentic Spanish person for this. Big win. And also, he's young. Like, he's younger than us. <laughs> what the actual hell? A young character getting portrayed by an actual teenager? That's crazy? I'm a little worried about that. Why? Because it's difficult to find good young actors. I mean, yeah, eventually they will be good, but, like, to be good that young in your career... Because look at... I know it, It's a. it's also... It could have been also the director's fault, but look at our Raven in Titan season one and two. Okay, that was that's old. very rough. It's that's definitely her. her and the director. Can For I sh- counter you with most of the cast of Stranger Things? True. There's that. I actually think they were way better than Titans, like acting. Oh, one. Th- that's not even a comparison. Oh, were you saying like uh, keep in mind? Yeah, that yeah. they're good. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, they were also that's a lot true. Too. They were yeah, they're a like lot. Twelve younger. when they started. Yeah, this kid's like nineteen. He's just a little bit younger than us, but mm-hmm. it's just cool. I I don't I like that. It's like, okay, Let's just hope that man the... can already grow facial hair. So I hope that's more than Colin can claim. <laughs> I hope that the directing goes well. That's all I'm saying. Yes, I just want a good Blue Beetle movie. I'm looking forward to it. But I would also love a uh, Blue Beetle movie where it's the first Blue Beetle that didn't get the scarab, or he got the scarab but didn't get the like ability to use the scarab. You want Ted Court? Yes. Yes. I don't know. His I name. want both. I want both. I like them both. 
From HollywoodReporter.com, HBO Max will release its upcoming Batman podcast exclusively on the streaming platform as it continues to expand its audio offerings beyond companion podcasts. The scripted audio original, Batman The Audio Adventures, stars Jeffrey Wright as the caped hero. On Wednesday, the streamer revealed that Rosario Dawson will star as Catwoman and John Leguizamo will portray the Riddler in a cast that will also include SNL Live alums like Jason Sudeikis, Seth Meyers, uh, Kenan Thompson, Heidi Gardner, and Fred Armisen. Uh, comedy Batman is cool. I <clears throat> don't understand them releasing a podcast to HBO Max. Like, that's going to be difficult to use in the car when a lot of people listen to podcasts? Am I wrong? I agree have... with you. The capability to turn your screen off when listening to a podcast on HBO Max? Is it going to be like a different app using your HBO login? Or is it just going to be the HBO Max app and you have to have your phone on all the time like you're listening to a YouTube video in your car, which is a pain in the ass? Oh, I hated doing that. Yeah. I, I, I did that to listen to music for like the longest time or to like listen to... Uh, Basically, just an audio of something where there's like barely any visual, but you just have to have to listen to it because it's on YouTube. YouTube Premium is the best thing you can ever buy. At first, you think it's really steep, but when you do it, you, you just do it, do it. Trust me, it's no. great. But you, yeah, Jacob's onto something. I uh, it, apparently they've been doing this for other like projects for like little companion things, whatever. I have heard nothing of this. That part I don't give a crap about. I'm sure it'll be weird and awkward, but uh, if we can get good Batman memes, I will be happy. Also, Jeffrey Wright's been getting a lot of, like, comic book stuff lately, which is fine by me. It's just kind of mm. crazy. Mm. Heckin' cool! <clears throat> I guess he's a good boy, and he plays well with both studios. Um, shall we... Shall we main topic? Yes. We shall. Okay. Today's main topic is Batman the Dark Knight Master Race, written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello, with art by Andy Kubert, Klaus, Klaus Kleus Johnson, Brad Anderson, and Alex Sinclair. Heck an all-star lineup, if yes. I'm being honest. Yes. Uh, yes, so it was... I have to say, one of the most annoying things with all of these titles is that their titles are always getting shifted around depending on which edition they're published in. So it's The Dark Knight 3, colon, The Master Race, also known as DK3, The Master Race, and then later collected as Batman, colon, The Dark Knight, colon, Master Race. Please kill me. We love our colons. It's just Dark Thank Knight, you. Master Race. Um, it we was... need a bumper sticker that says we love our colons. Yeah, it's a picture of me. Yes! <laughs> you get to illustrate that one. That would be sick. No, colon's colon. You gotta be, we gotta get a, you need to find a way to bend over and show us your colon with your face showing. I can draw that. Uh, This was published in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Uh, The main story is nine issues, and then there are also, um, wait a minute. It was published from 2015 to 2017. Uh, there are nine main issues, uh, co-written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello. Those ones were penciled by Andy Kubert and inked by Klaus Janssen. And then there are companion one-shots that take place betweenst the primary issues, which were illustrated um, by Miller and inked by Janssen. Does anybody want to give a plot summary? That isn't me. Ooh. 
Jacob, you can handle this. Ooh, read, read the back cover. It's been three years since the Batman defeated Lex Luthor and saved the world from tyranny. Three years since anyone has seen Gotham City's Guardian alive. Wonder Woman, Queen of the Amazons, dot, dot, dot. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, dot, dot, dot. Superman, the Man of Steel, dot, dot, dot. All of the Dark Knight's allies have retreated from the front lines of the war against injustice, which is a different comic line. But now a new war is beginning. An army of unimaginable power led by Superman's own daughter is preparing to, cl to claim Earth as its new world. I thought we were reading a Batman book, not Justice League Tower of Babel, Jacob. Ooh. Wow. Sorry, I had to do a really bad deep cut. Batman, the only hero that can stop this master race, is dead. Ha, long he said live it. the new Batman. <laughs> he said it. Say the line, Bart! Master Race. Yay! So, this, I actually enjoyed reading this book. Hot damn, that is a step up from the past couple, then. Yes, so, besides Frank Miller's issues, every single issue, the art was phenomenal. It, the colors really captured me. And um, especially with its bright uh, lights, like how, how, how it went about doing uh, brighter colors. High like, contrast. Uh, like, yeah, uh, like Green Lantern's ring or any of the laser vision. <laughs> Big fat nut. Uh, I second Colin's take that I kind of enjoyed this book as a read. Uh, the artwork is obviously an improvement um, from the rest of the series. It also kind of felt like they brought in Brian Azzarello to like rein Frank Miller back yes, a little bit. One hundred percent. But does and it, it works? Oh yeah. Also, we don't get <laughs> we don't get shit. We get some shitty dialogue for sure because every time Wonder Woman's written in this universe, she's literally the worst. Yeah. yeah. She's literally the worst. Laura is just such a fucking annoying child who's easy, easily manipulated by any authority figure in her life other than her parents. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, Sorry, one more thing. One more thing, and then you can get into it. But the main nine series stories, issues, whatever, were great. But the interjections with really strong Frank Miller art. Like, 80% of the the one-offs were Frank Miller doing the art. Mm. Sucked! Yeah, they sucked So really much! And it wouldn't stop! I, I skipped them almost entirely. I sent a lot of angry text messages while reading this book because Frank Miller needs to stop arting. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all actually on the same page for once. Sometimes like... an artist, like... <laughs> <laughs> ages well with wine like Mike Mignola yes yeah but Frank on the other hand he has aged like crack he he looks like a bottle of wine his art looks like a bottle of wine that was found in the era of the Romans fucking disgusting <laughs> Colin I'm, I'm gonna lick you yeah. Let me let me give, let me get out more than one sentence. Do I'll, not flip my patties. I'm gonna flip your patties. Stop it! Ding! You hear the patties? Stop it! Ready to flip? No. Ding! But also, patties. some of the artwork was Frank Miller penciling it, and they fixed it with inking. 
Yeah, so Frank just needs ben- to not ink or color. <laughs> He's fine penciling because it can be fixed with other artists. Spencer, go! Also, I do... <laughs> Colin, I'm going to gape your asshole! That's fine. With Everyone my loves entire arm! Oh my gosh, she needs to talk. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm gonna just take my pants off here in a minute. Well, in that case... I mean, in that case, I also let's just keep fucking talking. <laughs> okay, now the pants are gonna stay on. Jeez. Damn it. So one of the things I think um, that Dark Knight Strikes Again really, really shows in terms of like Frank Miller's art is Klaus Jansen needs to be inking for him because even on the issues uh, in, in this book that Frank Miller was penciling, they're uh, salvageable is too strong of a word. They're an improvement over Strikes Again. Yes. That's because he me had a better plastered inker. playing with Microsoft Paint is a paint is an improvement from Strikes Again. True. But go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I just really think that Klaus Jansen, because he also did the inking of Returns. So, yeah. Um, I think that that just really pairs much better with Frank's stinking pencils. Um, but, yeah, no. the f- Andy Kubert is awesome. Like, just yes. wholesale uh, just awesome. He knows how to... I, th- I think his style overall and the other books I've seen him illustrate, he knows how to take some of Frank's ideas and keep them as close as he can while still modernizing them. The only part that was really gross and that he did not fix at all was when we got that picture of uh, Kingpin punching Batman. I mean, I like how you're still calling him Kingpin. It's literally um, Kingpin. I'm not saying it's... A- I think it's infinitely better than what it was in the other book, but that, I think, is because you can't... To stay roughly the same at, like, what the idea of that panel in Strikes Again was supposed to be, I think there's only so far you can go to, like, completely change that before mm-hmm. it's, like, this is just your own entire interpretation, whereas this one is supposed to be... Um, we're seeing the same thing again, just in HD or whatever... You know, it's not ungodly to look at. It's just not great. But, yeah, no, on the whole, um, Andy Kubert is honestly one of my favorite freaking comic illustrators. Like, just period. He knows how to do square, like, chonky stuff, but it doesn't feel like everyone's the same, which is a problem I even have to an extent with Frank Miller way back in the day. With, like, his Superman and Batman are very similar. And sometimes that's fine, but just... This, uh, this issue, or this, yeah, this issue right here with the Flash, this made me actually like his black and yellow suit. I don't hate it anymore. And that's what I mean, is he takes a lot of the same basic ideas that were still presented in Strikes Again, um, and he makes them not as bad, while still staying primarily true to it. Like, even his Wonder Woman, while still having some, ah, not super desirable artistic traits, mm-hmm. um... I think in particular the way that the tiara sits on her head is just really, really weird and that bothers me. Yeah, I never liked that. It makes her very difficult to show expressions on. Yeah, I because wish they didn't do that. Because it just blocks off so much of her head. But like almost everything else across the board, it's such a strong improvement while still feeling like th- this book looks like what reading Returns feels like in terms of like memory. Mm-hmm. When I think of Returns, I think it looks more like this than what Returns actually looks like. So, the villain in this book is an army of supermen, Kryptonians, that are trying to take over the Earth. One would call them 
From Candor, maybe. Mm, maybe. Uh, the Cult of Candor. Uh, I believe up to this point we've had two fights between Batman and Superman. Am I, am I correct? In this book? No, no, no. Or just this overall? series. We had one at the end of Returns. Yep. We had one in, one in Strikes Again. Yeah, I believe. Was again. it just one in Strikes Again? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was the one right at the beginning. And, uh, yeah. Okay. This book has them working together, Batman and Superman, fighting together against an Finally. army of mm. Superman. And I really, really appreciate that I think Superman's like, how are we going to do this? And Batman's like, wait for it. Yep. And he seeded rain clouds with kryptonite. So it's just raining kryptonite. I do love that how... That was so good. And Superman yeah. has like an Iron Man suit on. It's so good. That was a good so way... So good! That was a good way to use uh, the Flash if he if his legs are broken. Sorry. <laughs> Were you singing Sweet Caroline? Yes! Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I thought it was a little quick that... They like basically shot the Flash out of the book. Like that's what it felt like. We just saw the Flash, and then boom, a Kryptonian just breaks his legs. But I thought it was actually really well done that they used the Flash's speed in another way yes. using the computers. But also to think about it, that means the computers need to be equally as fast. <laughs> and that's just because you're fast doesn't mean the computers you're using are going to be fast. But we have Batman. He has time and the money. I, I did really love that, how Flash is just vibing upside down. Yeah. That was, that was really nice. Yeah, that was cool. It was <laughs> like having an oracle. Kind of, yeah. And then Which is strange. It made me think why uh, that we didn't, because we don't have like any other bat family. I'm gonna, I have points on that. Um, Jacob, to your point on the, the, like, basically Superman being in an Iron Man suit, this book goes really hard. Like, even the parts that aren't great... This book goes all out. Yeah. It, it's it's one hundred percent bought into its own concepts, and I can respect that, even if sometimes it's a bit annoying, or like kind of dumb. I like it, like the Iron Man suit. I don't like it. I under, in, it makes sense for why it's required, right? But my point being, like, just don't put your superhero in a situation where that's required. It's like I'm gonna invoke it, Assassin's Creed. If you need a grappling hook to make your game work, don't go to that setting. You have complete control over the game. You have complete control over the book. That's just the little aside that I don't like. But the book is, like, 110% into it. So, you know what? You do you, Frank. I, yeah, I, it's hard. It's already hard enough to read a comic where, like, it's so outlandish, like, has such outlandish ideas. But once the universe, like, actually believes itself, like, the writer has the world believe its own stakes or believe its own uh, events... That's when the book comes alive, yes. and that's when the book is really something more than what it already is. It's earnest, and and I think that I, over kind of everything, um, particularly in terms of comics, I think is really required. It needs to be earnest, even if the writing isn't great, or the art isn't great, or whatever, it needs to be genuine um, mm -hmm. as much as it can be. And I think this book definitely invokes that a heck of a lot more than the previous ones do. Um, <clears throat> I did, so this book is the size, just the main, the main nine issues is the size of Dark Knight 1 and Dark Knight 2 combined, and I still think this book is overstuffed. Yes. With nine like, core issues and like... what's the point of Green Lantern, really? We could have lived without that in the story. 
So I, I, I went and looked into this. Or does, was, it, does it work like the Black Freighter? No. Um, I had ideas on that because when, when Green Lantern was introduced in Strikes Again, I was like, what in the actual fuck is this nonsense? And having done some internet research, it looks like Frank was trying to invoke Dr. Manhattan, kind of, um, in terms of how Green Lantern was operating. Like, oh. he had gotten so... Not pompous, but like <clears throat> big and arrogant and took care of such large things that he eventually ended up basically existing purely in space. And then you can see in this book, so that's why he, he was so literally huge. is an alien. Like in this book, he has like an alien family, like in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll go back to Earth and whatever. And like that's this book is him kind of learning humility, kind of. And also wearing turbans and looking kind of cool like he that. He looks cool like that. Was that was pretty cool with him using his decat, like his his own amputated hand. That was cool. I, that's what I. The, that's what the internet is telling me, and I can kind of understand that. I can see that. But damn it, Frank, why? There, there's almost no point. But also, like, that's fine if you want to like give your Green Lantern more character. Yes, because you just, just used so, him once, and you. Yeah, because he was the Deus Ex Machina essentially in in Strikes Again. And then in this book, I guess it's required to acknowledge that, like, like you have to take him out of commission for this book and be like, well, we could just use the Deus Ex Machina from the last book. So they're like, uh, crap, we got to bring him back, cut off his hand and make him go on a journey of self-discovery in the desert or whatever. And that, I guess, works. It's just so mostly done in the tie-in issues, so I don't care because the art is abhorrent. Uh, uh, I would disagree, almost. In, the in art the tie-in issues? Oh, oh, no, the Green Lantern tie-in issues. They're not that bad. By comparison, yes, but they're still not good. They're not. I I enjoyed the Green Lantern ones. It was literally... It's boring. They, they're visually bland as all hell. They're not disgusting, but they're just Frank Miller being boring as hell. Oh, well, yeah. But um, in comparison with... Uh, what's her face? Uh, I, Laura. One, like literally, why do we always whenever we see Wonder Woman or Laura, the first thing we see is them in this pose where you see their ass cheeks. Mm -hmm. Also, I Batgirl, uh, yeah. Batgirl with a bat on her butt and her back. Yeah, and her chest. Um, I uh, can we go back to that whole Frank Miller definitely has some women problems. Yes, because <laughs> it's still because that it's means, not as like bad as it one used right to there. be. Like w w like uh, <laughs> Batman gives. Batman gives Carrie Kelly a bat suit, and he purposely put a bat on the butt and the back. Bit yikesy. Um, yeah, you already hit on the coloring. That was one of my points. Was I? I, I just I, overall, I love the coloring. The contrast is excellent. Um, yeah, Laura, Laura, Laura. The correct pronunciation, good sir, is Laura. But whatever. Who gives a fuck. Super girl. Um, yeah, she's very obnoxious Annoying. it's just let's put her let's make her go through effectively superman's arc but super quickly these look like mignola aliens yes that's why he likes it <laughs> but he hates mignola aliens continue dude the covers like of this movie of this yeah, book is yeah are some of the covers bangers. are amazing um so yeah the structure of how the one shots <laughs> integrate with the main story is complete cringe I hate it mm. because most of what happens in the one shots is relevant. Not to the point of it helps you understand better, but like it's required reading. And I think that's a, a problem with most 
um, books like this where they try to have a main plot and then their all their different B plots come into the tie-in issues. And I think this has become a larger problem with like just crossover events with uh, the major publishers. Is the tie-in issues are either everything or they're nothing. They're complete throwaways yeah. or they're just. Why wasn't this a main issue? Why? And that really, really bothers me because this book is already nine main issues, but it, like it, it's huge. Yeah. However, this was a really fast read for me. Yes. I burned through this. Andy Kubert makes it look pretty. It's also, I think, a lot less reading. There's not yeah, a whole there, lot there said. For sure. So it just goes really, really fast. So if we've touched on all the subjects so far, my favorite part of the book was actually the very last issue with Clark Kent and Supergirl. Yes. Because one thing I noticed and I was so annoyed with was that she never, she was always flying. She was always levitating, never got down to earth. I love that, the symbolism that's, of that. Yes, that's a great plot symbolism point, And she finally touches down to earth. <laughs> she literally touched grass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do love that. Just, I like how... One more point before we get to the end. I have one major, major butt hurt with this book. I am tired of this Batman dying. Yeah. And coming back. This is and like we got the new third young time. Bruce. Yes. And Carrie Kelly's like, oh, you're young. So I appreciate the idea, like toward like the, in this book, he kind of takes in the Oracle role of uh, in and of himself for um, Batgirl in, in a way. Uh, I liked that, and I liked the fact that the lie that she constructed was like, oh, he died shortly after the battle of the last book. I kind of would have liked that, mm -hmm. honestly. If it's like it was a slow death that just kind of happened off pan. I don't know. There's something about that that I would have liked, but... And yet you start with, I thought this was a Batman book and not a Justice League book. Kill him in the beginning, but it's a Batman book. My, I'm, I'm gonna explain it's a Batman that. book, not a Bruce Wayne book. I'm gonna explain that because this book is Carrie Kelly being Batgirl and being essentially turned into Batman. Like, this is her actual coming of age book. She's, She's finally Batwoman. Exactly. Um, I gotta say, the purple and green suit is disgusting. Yep. Who the fuck came up with that? Oh, uh, okay, but it worked in one setting where the it, the where Yindel was talking about Batman and Batgirl, she said, then came a dark, uh, thunderous cloud and a strike of lightning. That's cool, because he was in the background where he was the cloud, and she was going, she was striking. That's fair. That was cool, and that's such a cool representation of, like, Batman Robin. A thunderous cloud and a strike of lightning. That's badass. There are some lines that are badass. I can definitely agree with that. And Bubba Booey. But why on what? earth... Was it purple and green? Not... Those you are could, Joker colors. Also true. True. I think if you wanted to do that exact same effect, you could have made a bat suit in Robin colors. Or she just could have had a Robin suit. Ah, I think that... I think this book finally establishing her outside of the Robin <clears throat> mantle is a good thing. I think yep. that's her growing up, essentially. Because she has been groomed to take over as Batman. If you read the other works in this series, um, which will some of which we've already done, some of which we'll get to later, Batman is less so looking for a companion and more so looking for a replacement. And I think a replacement... So if we're going as you as a person, 
I don't think you should be taking up someone's mantle like that. So, like, you're just living in the shadow. It, you should be your own thing. And that is the point of her being Batwoman by the end rather than Robin, who is by definition a sidekick. But Robin or... could be its own thing. So say, kind so of... this is how it looks. This is how it looks. So say, just for names, Frank, and then you have Colin, uh, Frank's son. That's what it is. And then growing up, you become Frank and Colin. Frank and Colin. And then you, when you're older, it's Colin. Yes, that's how how I see Batman and Robin. Robin could, it's you're still like child, and you still become that same person, but you're just growing. I feel like all of these are semantic arguments. This is I, true. This is just how I. There feel. isn't really a definitive answer on that one, but I have to say, my the the at the end when we have the essentially feminized version of the bat suit, yes, and the colors are inverted, Bubba absolute. Boy. Big fat nut. Yes. That looks fucking amazing. Yes. This is what I like my Batgirls to look like, or my Batwoman, whatever, yes. when they're not Babs. Babs is allowed to have color because Babs is Babs, and mm, mm, yes. that's okay. But everybody else, that, that mm, looks oh, so fucking good. Um, Back to the Batman dying thing. I have to get this out of my system. The, if this whole like universe is like, oh, Batman's dead, Batman's alive, Batman's dead, Batman's alive. Why... Would you have Batman come back to life as a young man while also claiming that this book is like Carrie Kelly growing up and, and claiming her own uh, autonomy or whatever you want to call it? Like, those two things kind of clash in my opinion, and now it gives her like a, whatever, like a 30-year-old Bruce to her like maybe 20-year-old. That just feels weird. So they can pop a boot. Yep. I really, I'm very confident that that's not what's going on. But it just doesn't strike me as as good. You I enjoy confidence, sir. <laughs> I know. I enjoyed uh, Superman trying to bring back Batman. I thought that was very heartfelt. I wanted it to go wrong, like not because I want Batman to be dead, but also because I want Batman to be dead. I want him to genuinely die, not because the character's a legend, so he will always find a way to come back to life. No, like the legend will always live. The the guy needs to fucking die. It just it annoys the shit out of me. Okay. This is the fourth fake death or whatever. And now he's a young dude again. Just why? You're setting up a new future for this Batgirl or Batwoman or whatever the hell her name is. And Batman can just do his own thing again. Also, while we're talking annoyances, they brought back Swastika Titty What's-Her-Face yet again to kill Commissioner Yindel and then die. That was it. Did these... Swastika titties. Swastika but titties. But Yindel didn't die. No. Give me the book. She's like under swastika titties. Yeah, like, she's not dead. They neither of them get up. Oh, no, you're right. Also, what the fuck is it with them with tying her to Joker? I don't understand I that. Don't Even in the original it. book, I never really understood that. Mm. I thought they were kind of separate characters, and then All-Star Batman and Robin's like, but what if she's like his sidekick? And then I'm going, Joker hates Nazis, though. So what the fuck are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why? Also, she does nothing even Nazi-ish. She just wears swastikas. Right, so... Why? Why do they keep bringing back this awful character? Because she's right here. Because Booba. Uh, She's alive. It's just written badly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Fight. Brian Azzarello being paired with Frank Miller easily takes the edge off of most of Frank's crappy isms. The point, the the overall conflicting notes are still there for sure. 
and the narration is still very conflicting on who the hell is writing it, but mm-hmm. strong improvement. Also, I can say from experience, do not start with this book. <laughs> yeah, the, how did that whole thing go down? Uh, I saw the cover and I said, that looks pretty. Wow. Wow. And then I found out I have to read a good book first and then a shitty book and then this one. And that's True. how I live my life. True. Yikes. So I feel like, so we have the original, which is like absolute masterclass. And then we have Strikes Again, which is bottom of the barrel. Like worst comic book I've ever read. One of the, easily one of the worst. And then we have All-Star Batman and Robin, which was like slight a slight improvement. improvement. Yep. And then this one is a slight improvement on top of that. Uh, Strong improvement? Strong improvement. Strong. I guess I, I don't know. Somewhere I w- in there. I, how I would tell people is I would be like, okay, read The Dark Knight Returns. Okay, now read this this like two pages about what you're what you need to know from the second book and yep. then just go to Master Race. Yep. I feel like you might actually be able to only read one and three. I, I think there's enough mm. I think there's enough summary with Batgirl freaking out in the interrogation room and like the storytelling that she does that I think covers strikes again well enough. Yeah. I think I, th- I yeah. think I would give I would still give someone like this is what happens in the second book now go to the third one. I mean you kind of have to you kind of have, have to, to give them a rundown even if they have read it because of how unintelligible it is. Yes. Right. Like even if you ask me right now what happens in strikes again I couldn't tell you. I noticed some uh, some callbacks from that one but like whatever. Yes. Um. I I do appreciate when Frank Miller does try to do some callbacks to his own work. He he does that kind of cleverly. Yep. So do we hope that the next one has another slight improvement? Do we think it'll happen? Oh, the, uh, since you said it does, I'm gonna go with maybe. You're talking about the Last Crusade? Yes. It yes, it does. I've read it. Wow. I read it before I read so, this one. I'm the only one here that hasn't read it. Yes. Yes. Wow. So. So. Bad batch. Bad batch. First part of the finale. Yes. Episode fifteen. It's not really the first part of the finale though, because it was left hanging from the last episode. I mean, yeah, but like... We had to rescue Uncle Rambo. But they're marketing it as a two-part finale. I'm going with the technical definition. It's a three-part finale. Suck my asshole. Last episode. Hit my ass! Sure, whatever. They should have just done a long-ass movie like they did at the beginning because they're a streamer and they can do that because they're never going to put this stuff on disc. Right. Which sucks, but they should have done that because that was, that was awesome. Um... Thoughts? Doth thou haveth any thoughts on thine episode? Mm, how Elizabethan. Uh, I felt a little uncomfortable with how I was proven wrong with the redemption arc for Uncle Snipey Boy. I like how they are not giving him a redemption arc, but he's also not evil. But he is evil. Yes. I appreciate that. They're giving it a little bit, not nuance, but like somewhat realistic depth. Like not everybody that is horrible is brainwashed or like subject to propaganda. There are some people that just do buy into these things wholesale because they're dumb, but whatever. And then plot twist. (gasps) He had his chip removed anyway. That was a nice twist. It's like, oh, okay. So you're just, you're just a dick. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. I did love that moment where he did the the shooty shoot with the mirrors, and then he killed like five people at once. That was yep. nice. That was very nice. Those are always good. I love that. Um, I knew it. There was something gonna. Go- there was gonna be something going on, 
in terms of him, not the the reveal in and of itself, but like how the episode and then the previous episode were going. It's like he's up to something that isn't just what the Empire wants him to do. And I appreciated that. They tried to give him a little bit more, uh, he had a little bit more agency than I thought they were going to give him. And I really appreciated that. Uh, the team up was still very nice though. When they played the full version of the Bad Batch theme, while they all teamed up for about two seconds, yep, that was oof. right in the feels, right in the fifis. Yep, that was good. Uh, you had Omega, nice uh, sniping with her bow from the top of the tower, and it just sounds so good, and it looks good, and I want one bow, not Omega. <laughs> Child slavery. Um. There was something I noticed when they got to Camino that I don't know if was present before. I was just saying I, I don't want a child, I want a bow, but whatever. What were you saying? Uh, uh, the Camino musical motif was used in this episode, and I didn't realize that until I played it back. I was like, I wait, I know that. I don't even, I can't hum it. I, I can't hum it, but I remember it happening. It just, it, it got, it was used. That's how the song goes. I don't remember how to hum it, but like it was a present in Attack of the Clones a lot. It's not necessarily just the couple of notes, but like the soundscape kind of. And it it happened particularly when they landed. I was like, wait a minute, did it? Did it do that at the beginning of the season when they were on Camino? I don't think so, because I probably wouldn't notice because I'm a we're music dweeb. The same thing, probably. But mm, I just like describing that. Describing it differently. I was like, also Ooh. they blow up Camino. Yeah, that was kind of big. Yeah. That's that's a very big way to end it. Of just there, my note literally says, "Well, there goes Camino." Like that's, that's how they cool. should have titled the chapter. That name of the episode. Well, there goes yep. Camino. Pretty episode much. fifteen. I like the fact that they're explaining how um, the Empire now has control of cloning technology because I think that was not a, not a plot hole. But, like, one of those things that's kind of like a lingering question, like, in the, the sequel trilogy, essentially, is who has control of this technology? Why did nobody do this before? Blah, 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 whatever. This sets up the fact that Kamino doesn't really exist by the time the uh, the original trilogy is around, or at least the, the primary facilities on Kamino, and also the Empire has control of, of cloning technology. That sets up Palpatine, which I don't want to talk about, but still. So you're saying... Ewoks aren't clones. They just have really fuzzy teddy, teddy bear sex. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> Teddy bear... Ewoks, fuck. They don't just, like, fuck. They fuck. Like, rabbits. Just all the time, hardcore. Our shorties need to be doing that. The reason why Colin is saying nothing is because he doesn't know what we're talking about. He didn't watch he it. he didn't watch it. But, Colin... Oh, you're saying about... Teddy bear sex. No, he doesn't. He Colin does have hardcore teddy bear sex all the time with his teddy bear. <laughs> Anything else for Bad Batch? <laughs> no, I just, I'm really looking forward to the finale. Do you yeah. think we're going to get any character crossover big twist? Are we going to get lightsabers? I don't know. Any of that? Uh, it's probably going to be something that has me asking what, because I haven't seen all of Clone Wars. So whatever you can pull out of your ass with that hint... So I can say I called it. Go for it. I got nothing. I actually think they're probably just gonna call in Rex, and that's gonna be it. Like, not I even a it. Rebels teaser. I mean, that kind of is, because Rex is in Rebels. Wow. That's. I think that's it. I I, I'm. It. I'm happy with that. So, Colin, because you didn't watch the TV show, you get to talk about 
what you did this week first. Okay, so the other night, I stayed up all night. I did a late nighter, and I decided to watch Batman Beyond Return of Joker. Nice! Yeah! It's in a microchip! It's in a microchip! Sorry. I remember watching that first on, like, Cartoon Network Friday night when they did, like, it's a dark cartoon network where we watch all the edgy superhero movies. And, and it's just literally Batman. It's literally mainly just Batman. Like, Batman <laughs> uh, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. So, this... That movie has one of my favorite movie lines ever. What is it? Honey, get mommy's bazooka! Oh, true. Oh my gosh. Arlene Sorkin. No further statements. Man, you hit some high notes. So oh, to read flashback is so good. Yes. So yep. to read the synopsis in the Gotham City of the future, an older Bruce Wayne trains a college student Terry McGinnis to replace him as Batman. Meanwhile, the Joker has reemerged as the leader of the Jokers, a gang inspired by their evil hero who was previously thought to be dead. Terry tries to stop the theft of the communications gear by the Jokers with a Z, but the Joker narrowly escapes. The truth about the Joker's life and death slowly emerges through violent confrontations. Imagine reading a synopsis to, like, everybody's favorite animated movie from their childhood. I know. As if we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's... Uh, I love this movie because I remember watching Batman Beyond and realizing, why is there, like, nothing about Joker except for, like, gangs? Like, why is that all There's left? a movie. It, it's... You're fucking stupid. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I know, Dad. Because there's a fucking movie. Why you gotta ruin everything? Why you gotta ruin everything that's fun? I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I just love how uh, Batman Beyond likes to like show different versions of the old supervillains, even though it's supposed to be, you know, new superhero. But this movie... Uh, ugh, the animation is just great. Because sometimes it's really shitty in the old, in the old Batman Beyond, especially season three, where it's like... Everything's so fucking bright, but it, they're dark colors. It's just the highlights are so put and so pops. One of my favorite gags in that movie is Joker pulls a gun and it's bang, and it has the stick with the flag hanging out that yep. says bang, and everybody's like, oh. and then he pulls the trigger again, and, and it actually actual, kills him. Yeah, yeah, so it, good. It gets shot right into him, and the Joker gas is just spewing out of it. Did you watch the? Censored or the uncensored version? I watched the HBO movie. Max version, so, so it's that's the uncensored one, right? Uh, yes. Does because Joker the get shot or does he get electrocuted? To finish my fucking sentence, yes, it is the censored one because he gets shot. Where the uncensored one is, he uh, gets. I think it's he gets pushed. Yeah, he gets pushed by Tim Drake, who is Little Joker Boy, and uh, oh. he gets caught up. The Joker gets caught up on his own gizmos and shit and gets electrocuted to death. That is the uncensored version. And HBO Max has a censored version, sadly. Uh, the 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 flashback, I I love the flashback. I forgot how, how uh, well done it was. But what, fun, what was funny was every time we saw Batman doing anything, he was punching people or throwing people around and Babs were just talking to people. And there's like, they reused the character design. They used Black Canary as a bystander, but it wasn't Black Canary. Yeah. Or it could be, but you don't know. Bruce Tim needs a bonk. Yes. Uh, just on the censored bit, I do, this is, it's so bizarre on how that happened because 
you could almost argue that the censored version is more disturbing. Almost. It's le at least in terms of the Joker death scene, almost everything else, the changes are very tiny. Mm -hmm. But like that is almost more disturbing. It's less physically violent, like in terms of what you see. But like, oops, I pushed him and he just got electrocuted. Like that's pretty freaking brutal. That's the sen that's the uncensored, yeah. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. It's strange. I like the uncensored version better. Because uh, also when we get to see what happened to Tim through the uh, theater room, the Joker the Joker says, what the heck? Uh, I'll just laugh anyway in the cen uh, censored version. But he says, uh, what the hell? I'll just laugh anyway. It's just small detail, but I like it when Joker's like that. Yeah. Like, he just has that. I feel like it, it for a show or a movie that doesn't swear a lot, when they add just that one swear with a certain character, it just adds more weight to it. It's like when Rex says hell and damn in Clone Wars. It's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. They said that on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. Wow. Edgy. So a little side story. Uh, I found this disc in a pharmacy in the mall mm -hmm. and bought it purely because it said Batman and went home and watched it as a kid with... No knowledge. Dude, that's fucking based. I haven't watched animated series, hadn't watched Batman okay. Beyond, nothing. What was it? No, no, just freaking oh, Return okay. of the Joker. That was my introduction to animated Batman. Yikes. I mean, that's a great one, but also it's like really far down the line. Yeah. I had to figure out where in the timeline this was supposed to be. But after yeah. that... 20 years into the future. That's all you need to know. Um, I didn't know if what you go talk to this was. Good question. What is he? Tactical nuke incoming! That's like the one thing, if you still spoil that to this day, you're kind of an asshole. Yes. Um, what? That Terry McGinn. Wait, does he not know? Wait, have you seen... Do you uh, not know? Wait, stop. Shut the fuck up for Epilogue. Shut up. Have you seen Justice League Unlimited? Like, all the episodes? No. Have you, so you haven't seen the one with <laughs> Batman Beyond's in it? Nope. Okay, we'll just show him that one episode. No! You can watch that one episode without watching Justice League. It's literally its own I thing. I mean, yes. I've seen a bunch of Justice yeah, League. Yeah, it's the last episode. It into, it's the last episode of, of Justice League. No, season two. I don't know. I watched it when I stayed up. It's the last um, episode of season two. Batman Beyond, the show started in 99. I knew that. And then the movie came out... Ba -ba 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 -ba. 2000, my bad. Okay, and so <laughs> when did the Justice League come out? Justice League Unlimited was 2001. Okay, so... Never mind. I was about to say it was weird what suit they used, even though canonically, the Batman suit is the same suit in every single scenario. Uh, because there was a line... Uh, the DCAU just got messed up with the Justice League accidentally. True. Because one line Joker says is, you got no cape and your ears are too long, but I like your style. And I was like, hmm, thinking about the Justice League. And then I remembered that it's all the same suits. So the Joker that we uh, so the Joker that we know knows Batman for his ears in the flashback, which are shorts, but his ears are long in the Justice League because the Justice League does take place after animated series. I can see what you're going with that, but yeah. I think it's way more literal than you think. It's the matter of Joker never encountered Batman in the Batman Beyond suit. Yes. No. Wrong. Joker's oh Batman Beyond. Sorry, I thought you said Batman from Justice League. The, yes. the red and black suit, yes. Joker never encountered. Yes. That's it. But yes. also, I think it's also literally just an insult. It doesn't matter if it's technically Well, I get correct. that, but I'm just saying the long ears, because he had long ears. 
in Justice League. But that's just because it's the same suit. It was just drawn differently. So that suit's supposed to have short ears. Technically, that suit's supposed to have the uh, circle emblem. Because it's all the same suit. But anyways, this is getting cut out. Nope. And I really enjoyed Batman Beyond, The Return of the Joker, and I'll watch it again and again and again. Can I say one thing? No. The microchip is so out Oh, shit. I totally forgot to talk about that. Like, the biggest part the of... The actual twist? Yes, the actual twist. Tim Drake. Tim Drake became the Joker. He had his Joker origin story. I I really liked that. Also, it was a little strange because I was... It is very strange that his whole body got morphed. Oh, it, that's crazy. Like it, it's it not just like... It's just... It's not like thick using... They, they should have drawn Tim Drake skinnier. That would have made sense, but whatever. It, it, okay. it was just drawn. They wanted to make Tim thick because he kind of looks like Bruce, like an older Bruce. He does. I love how they hint at Nightwing. Nightwing is such a phenomenon in the Batman Beyond universe, in the sh- like cartoons, because you never see him. I know you do in the comics, but you never see him in the show, and they just hint at him all the time. He's such a phenomenon. He's he's like, him and Tim are like, they they take certain parts from Jason. Correct. And they become their own, until we got the comics. Batman Beyond, I really enjoyed it. Go. My point was just that the microchip is like... Holy shit, this was made in 2000. Oh, yeah. That's more like one microchip that, when you look at it on That's the guy, it looks like the size of a mole. Like, and it's how did, neck and not how did nobody ever notice that? It's like this bit. Like, you'd see that. How, his wife not, how did his wife not pick at it? Yeah, like, what the fuck? And we thought microchips could, like, override your DNA. Like, what the fuck? I love it. It's I just mean, like, holy well, shit. Also, we have splicing in Bed and Beyond. But that's, like, 20 years into the future. So when Spencer's finally done sucking, I read Avengers Forever, 1 through 12, in a collected book. It's written by Kurt Busiek and Roger Stern, and illustrated by Carlos Pacheco and Jesus Marino. Wow. Wow. Came out in 98, I believe, originally. Came out in 98, as far as I know. Amazing. It's... Thin book, but it's deceiving. I'm gonna say right now, Spencer has to read it. Colin will not like it. Because <clears throat> I had a hard time concentrating with my monkey brain. Then why are you forcing it down my throat? Because you're gonna love it! It's Kang and time travel and huge Marvel events that have happened before oh, that like are so obscure I had no idea but they have to explain every single iota of information. And, and the result is Kang does... How it all fits together, and it's just a lot of words. Kang doesn't make sense, and once you accept that you actually can't figure out how Kang works because the writers don't even understand it, you'll enjoy it. But they try to make sense of it. Yeah, but it's And bullshit. that's what turned me off, because it's so many words. We don't write... <laughs> monkey boy. <laughs> yes! I turned into monkey boy reading this book. But Spencer's going to love it, because he's into that. Oh, I'm into that. <laughs> it's 328 pages. Uh, the artwork is fairly cool. Definitely looks like a 90s baby, but it's not terrible. Like, X-Men 90s or 90s X-Men or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's good 90s. Uh, it's very complicated. The last two or three issues wrap it up pretty well. It's like, all right. 
the other three quarters of this series finally makes sense because I read the last three issues, <laughs> basically. But it's fine. Uh, it's usually thirty bucks. I got it for eight. Whoa! Great deal. That's that's a that's a slapper of a deal. Hot damn. Yep. Damn, baby, damn. What would you rate this book? Oh! I kind of ruined it for myself while reading it because I was like, in the first issue, I was like, man, this is kind of like Crisis on Infinite Earths. And as it kept going, it was like proving me right just with every single step. And I'm like, I still kind of like it though. Um, At least you like it. That's all that matters. Probably middle of the road, two and a half, three out of five stars. It's fine. Okay. It requires a reread just to understand what happens. Do not can, ask can him I, to do it out of seven. No, no, can I laugh? Because you do out of five, I do out of seven, you do out of ten. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, how many cupcakes out of seven giraffes do you enjoy it? See, I don't really like cupcakes. So what? it's probably about three uh, long johns. Correct. Out of beef jerkies, I would say it was two Slim Jims. I can concur. I If I read that, I believe I would also add three Vans and a Polo. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you just want to make my soul hurt all the time. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I read Batman Nevermore, uh, issue one of five, I believe. Um, so this is one of the first Elseworlds titles, which are only collected in Elseworlds volumes, which is cringe. Um, so this is, as the title hints, uh, Batman crossing over with Edgar Allan Poe, which is hecking doperino. Um, it's essentially Edgar Allan Poe is being a journalism boy, and there's some murders, and then wow. Batman is also like, damn, them be some murders, and then they talk, and then the issue basically ends, because it's only the first one. Um, but it was written by Len Wein and illustrated by Guy Davis. Uh, the art was fairly nice across the board. There wasn't anything super standout. I did like the design of Batman. It's kind of like a clunky costume. Like, they, mis they mistake him for a bird. You know, a raven multiple times, which I thought was funny. Because, obviously. Um, the dialogue was excellent. Uh, it felt very of the time and, and theatrical and whatever. But it didn't feel super ham-fisted or corny. Um... It's interesting setup. There are characters introduced that are like, oh, that'll be relevant later. I want to pick up the rest of these issues individually so I can read it. Cool setting. I like this time period, and I like Batman. And I need a life. Uh, that is all. Colin. I actually haven't really read or watched anything else, so give me a question. Interesting. What was the last question we asked Colin? Uh, condom size? No. Dang it. Elite large. Ha! No. Wait, 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 wait. I have one. Where's my fucking wallet? Come. <laughs> green arrow, green lantern, or green hornet? Green arrow. Why? Uh, and which one? Mm. Defend yourself. Okay, so... Green hornet, I don't know much about, except for the Seth Rogen. Fucking... That's fair movie and Joke. so yeah that really put a bad taste in my mouth uh green lantern that's i the only thing that put a bad taste in your mouth continue spencer that's your fault um green lantern i eat plenty of pineapple green lantern's 
lore doesn't excite me as much as it does with many others, including Spencer. Um, Green Arrow or Green Lantern, it's just I don't know. But I I understand. I I understand, but also like too bright sometimes. Sometimes I'm excited to read the Green Lantern Earth One because I like Earth One so far. So far, Uh, at least with Batman. And Green Arrow, uh, I think the f- way I got in- I got introduced to him through Batman Beyond. I mean, not Batman Beyond. Sorry, uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold. Nice. And the Batman, uh, where we briefly got to see him in that. But where I most got to knew him was through the Arrow show, which mm-hmm. in like the first season and a half were like. The best. Yeah. Which it was basically watching Batman, which was fine. But Green Arrow essentially is like a Batman. That's why they work so well together. And I even was shown that in Batman Brave and the Bold. But uh, Green Arrow just seems more interesting to me. And also I like how shitty he is as a parent sometimes. Because it just gives better stories, better conflicts with his other, uh, like his counterparts. Especially with Roy. But Green Arrow just seems more interesting with his gadgets and his plot lines. Have you read any Green Arrow books? I have not, actually. Oh, another big uh, introduction to him was Justice League Unlimited. That's, yep. That was one of my favorite versions of him. And it still is. Because nice. he's like, I care about the little guys. He's almost like a Marvel or a DC Daredevil to me. That's what he feels like in certain iterations. Uh, yeah, that that's a fair point. Would you like some reading recommendations? Yes, please. Uh, okay, so we got the New 52 run is controversial, but it's pretty good in my opinion. <laughs> the Rebirth run is excellent. Um, and then there is... I don't remember the exact title. It's the Green Lantern and Green Arrow team-up book that came out in... I believe it was the late 80s or early 90s. That was done by Denny O'Neill, who literally reinvented Green Arrow to be what he is now. That book is very stonks. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, um, 92, there we go. Uh, it also known as Hard Traveling Heroes. It was just Road Trip, but with those two, which is pretty cool. And then any of the Green Arrow and Black Canary books, like them team-up books are heckin' doperino. Just adorable, yes. Probably Rebirth would be right up your alley, though, in terms of, like... Yeah, modern probably, and also of the same quality. Yeah, I'll probably start with that. I would recommend it. I'll check it out. Man Needs an Earth One book. Also year one, but that's kind of the generic starting point for everybody. Yeah. Jacob. I read... I, I only just realized how long the title was. I thought it was just Trinity. Oh boy. But it turns out to be Batman forward slash Superman, forward slash Wonder Woman, colon, Trinity. I'm going to cut it down to Trinity. Doesn't it was written and drawn by Matt Wagner in 2003. It was three issues. It really just feels like it's ripped straight out of the animated series. Ooh. Like Batman or Superman animated. Whoa. That's kind of the similar artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to like Bruce Tim. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I would say I was going to say better. Uh, that's clearer? 
Okay. Higher definition, maybe? I mean, you can say better than Bruce Tim. Yeah, like, I don't... I, mean, Bruce Tim's I don't good. know, man. I don't need to be stoned online. I mean, you can. It's an opinion. I mean, you now. can be stoned online and we can record it. Yeah. No. No. Because I lose my job. <laughs> um... The plot has a surprising amount of villains in it. Um, the biggest takeaway that I had was <laughs> it was really funny when Batman see meets Wonder Woman and she's like about to leave and jumps in her invisible jet and flies away and Batman's like, I want one of those. <laughs> but um, it's... It's a simple read. Like, that's just how I felt when I finished it. It's a simple comic book read. It's over the top. Bad guys just want to nuke the world for global domination. And the Trinity meets each other and just teams up and stops it. And that's it. Superman is the Boy Scout. Batman just wants to work alone because he's Batman. And Wonder Woman feels things because woman or something. She wasn't really written all that well. It's just typical Trinity stuff. Like, all the same problems, all the same good things. It was just animated series. Good vibes. Then why are you shoving this one down my throat? Because I like it. It's simple. Comic book. Fun story. And also, like I told you earlier, it's one shat worth of reading. Fine. (laughs) <laughs> I accept your deep throating. Maybe two shots if it's a really quick shot, but it's a really quick read. Nice. I don't know what else to add, really. It's just simple and fun, and I liked it, despite its flaws. Cool. Trinity's cool. You're not going to give me any transition at all. I was Jeez. working on a Matrix line, but it's been a while. And then I couldn't even remember her name, so... There would actually be a pretty good way to work that into what I would be uh, talking about, because I watched Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, huh? Gunpowder Milkshake. It is a movie, which is on Netflix. Um, it is a Netflix exclusive. Not produced by them, as far as I'm aware. Uh, it was directed by uh, Navot uh, Papushido. I do not know how to pronounce your name, sorry. Uh, written by said previous director, and then Ehud uh, Levisky. I... Have never heard of these people before in my life. Okay. I think it's a directorial debut. Um, so it was, it, while heavily inspired by John Wick, uh, the movie brings a lighter tone with solid humor and a nice progressive message without being overly cliche. Uh, the dialogue can be rough, and there are definitely some cringy lines, which will be excellent ammo for idiotic trolls. Cough, cough, the quartering. Um, <laughs> but the earnest messaging and craft always outweighs some bad moments, like anything else. Um, excellent performances all around, creative and fun choreography, break up the gung-fu with a bit more of a feminine taste, and I'm very here for it. Essentially, um, it's John Wick, but Karen Gillan. So, I'm here. I, I'm, yes. It deals with this, this woman, she's a hit, she's a hit lady, and she wants to not be a hit lady anymore. Her mommy was a hit lady, and that didn't go well, and then she accidentally does a hit, but it's mixed up in the shenanigans for the company that she's contracted by. It's weird. I can't really explain the plot very well. Um, but yeah, it's got secret organization stuff. It's definitely John Wick inspired, but it's also got a very all-star cast. Um, 
You can tell that it was made on a low budget, but it does really well with its craft in terms of cinematography and directing. And the Kung Fu is just really good. It feels like, what if we had... So if we're going to stereotype really hard right now and say John Wick is for 20-year-old edgy boys who want to feel smart because they like Kung Fu, um, this is like... Kind of like 16-year-old white girls? Kinda. And I don't mean that in a very derogatory sense, but it's kind of like that. It's lighter. It has a similar sense of uh, just overall aesthetic and like plot and characters and whatever, but it, it it's it's more it's definitely inspired by it's not trying to be a ripoff or anything. Um, and it has a butt ton of chicks. And it's just cool and fun and quippy without being Marvel quippy, you know. That sort of comedy that I think we're all kind of getting tired of at this point. Yes. It's fun. It's light. It's got some good effects. Some very nice gun stuff. I like watching Karen Gillan kick the shit out of people. What else can I say? Well, you know what else has great effect? The end of the show? Being supported by our patrons. True! And that can only happen when our listeners go to www.com patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros and signs up at one of the three tier levels which are 5 10 and 15 which come with different rewards because that's how patreon works folks wait is it even 5 10 and 15 no no it's not i don't remember what tier it's 1 5 and 15 there we go yeah you just said 10 because because business casual is a simp and they give us double money for nothing extra because simp 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 yeah bunch of simps very true also we are simped after by wesley eaton and jeff lawrence correct thank you to our current patrons and by the time that they are hearing this, they should have received their uh, new stickers and shiznit. Those Sexy stickers. Those were very recently sent out in the mail. So sexy. Very sexy. Good job, Colin. Thanks. I took another all-nighter for the drawing. Very nice. You, you would... need to stop doing cocaine. Well, you would think that I wouldn't need it, but I do. Um, you would think that just adding a couple berries to the drawing would... Um, wouldn't take long, but um, oh, those no. dingleberries... A couple berries take a long time. Yeah. Uh, they took a while because, yeah, I'm... Just, I don't want to do my joke anymore. <laughs> I don't want to do my joke anymore. We are also supported by our partners at Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. Ooh, woo. Uh, I went there today, oh. and then I left. And then I met up with Spencer, and we had lunch, and then we went back to Jetpack. Because it's so cool! And you should go there, too. They have a lot of cool stuff, and they help us make the show. Uh, if we ever get any, like, real sponsorships, we need to have Jacob do those segments exclusively, because mm-hmm. he is so convincing for this. Just despite my flat voice, I'm really excited about Jetpack partnering with us. Wow. Wow. Now tell us about You Man- stole my wow, you <laughs> asshole. Now tell us about Manscaped. <laughs> or Wix. Manscaped comes in all shapes and sizes cool. and tools so that even you can shave the back of your kneecaps.
Now go to GetRoman.com and get your fucking boner pills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Adam and Eve for when you can't get a boner and you need a toy to do the job instead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I got commercials for days, folks. I know. Let's just get, let's get, let's get going. <laughs> and if you need to get some advice on how to get it up and keep it up, you can use our code for Audible and get some sex advice. I'm leaving! <laughs> leaving! Text three nude news dudes to 500-500 for 10% off your next Audible subscription and two free audiobooks. And a free sticker from us. Oh, you can get the free sticker if you just give us a compliment in the YouTube comments or anywhere else on social media. That's not true. That is very true. But still, please go to YouTube.com, click on the video, leave a comment and a like, and share it with your friends, and tell us how much you love us, because... Don't, we don't have any friends to share these I, videos with. Yeah, I don't know why you would love us, but leave a comment. Jacob, your insecurity is showing. Where? Socials? Next week. Yeah, social media. I'm on it. I post our shit. I post memes. We're recording again. Social media. Follow, like, and do the stuff. It's social media. You know what platforms you like to use. But Find we have us. to remind them, like you told me so many one year ago. Facebook. If you're old, Twitter, if you're a shit lib like me, or Instagram, if you are a glamorous asshole, also like me. Ooh, I was going to say white chick, but okay. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about 300, the comic book written and drawn by Frankus Millerus. Excuse me, sir? It is a graphic novel by Frankus Millerus. Is there anybody else on the... Oh my gosh. Lynn Varley. Lynn Varley. Absolute banger. Lynn Varley did stuff to 300 too. 300 has a lot of cock and ball in it, and it's going to be a very, very spicy week. That's it. I don't know. Cock call, call and it, balls. Call and say something funny about cock and balls. I have a question for God or the universe or whatever. And this is my reasoning behind my question. I love that look where he just hates himself. We don't have to say anything. You know he just died inside. Yeah. <laughs> I love that about so you. <laughs> I know it is warm. I'm going to have to take a shower before we leave. My butthole is so wet. You know when you get to the point of being soaked enough where like you're not gonna be dry until you change? Like your clothes are just like best to wet. I read a vent <laughs> I protect my nads very carefully, thank you very much. I apparently much. don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Except for that one time where I yeeted them onto the seat so hard you could hear it. <laughs>